Today's black history fact comes from the story of Paul Cuffey. In 1811, Cuffey founded the Friendly Society of Sierra Leone, which is the country that I come from. It was a cooperative black group intended to encourage black settlers to actually move back and move to Sierra Leone. So in this process, he wanted the support of the black settlers that were already there, as well as the natives of Africa for them to do this. And on December 10th, 1815, Cuffey made history by transporting 38 African-Americans, including 20 children, ranging from six months to 60 years from the United States to Sierra Leone on his brig. When he arrived, passengers became the first African-Americans who willingly returned to Africa through an African-American initiative. Welcome to 2020 and Internal Fire introduces you to Fireproof. And in these next few weeks, we're going to talk about some heavy stuff. So listener discretion is advised. In these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about some infamous people, people that might no longer be living and some people who are. And what we'll be doing is identifying the child behind the abuser, the child behind the predator, the child behind the school shooter. And by no means should these people not be held responsible for their actions. But we will identify some key things that I want you to realize the importance of getting your mental health help, especially for our young people. Because what if these people had gotten the help that they needed when they were children? Would they have still become the predators, the abusers, the school shooters, the serial killers that they did become? Welcome to 2020, and let's focus on how we can start to save our young people and save our own mental health. Listen, what if I had a tool that would take your business to the next level, your relationships to the next level, and even the people that you lead to the next level? Yes, I do have a tool like that. See, what we don't realize is that we speak and we communicate from a one-sided way. It might be because of how we grow up. I used to lead through my trauma. But what we need to realize is that every single person we interact with communicates differently and we have to be able to customize how we communicate with each and every one that we interact with to get the best product on the other side what if this is something that's going to benefit your relationships your marriage how you lead what if it's going to take your business to the next level because you're going to get the language that you need to get clients and maintain an effective driving team well, let me get you those answers. Make sure you email me at info at AishaThomas.org. Again, that's info, I-N-F-O at AishaThomas, A-I-S-H-A-T-H-O-M-A-S.org. And let me get you the tools that you need that's going to take your life, your business, your relationships to the next level. Hit me up and tap into your genius zone. In 1985, Los Angeles would be terrorized by a series of brutal rapes and murders. The panic swept the county. It was enormous. People didn't know if they were going to live to see the next morning. Men, women, the elderly and children 
were all in the sadistic killer's sights. Their final hours were at the hands of someone who was laughing as he tortured and raped and killed them. A serial murderer who broke all the rules. The suspect has used guns, knives, tire irons. Violent, he really was. The attacker, christened the Night Stalker, would go down as one of history's most heinous killers. Richard Ramirez coined the Night Stalker. Between the spring and summer of 1985, he reigned terror within a California community where he was sentenced to death following his conviction for 13 murders, five attempted murders, 11 sexual assault, and 14 burglaries. According to a book written by Dr. Rain, The Anatomy of Violence, it says that genetics and environment work together to encourage violent behavior. And even though a child susceptible to genetically driven violent conduct does not mean they'll become a criminal, however, genetics in tandem with environmental factors such as violent childhood experiences work together to shape a person. And although there are many people who are exposed to violence. It might be something within their genetics because of the experiences that happen with family members that they have. However, was this the reason why Richard Ramirez did what he did? Was his exposure within his family the reason why he became so violent? That's what we will learn today and get an understanding as to why his childhood trauma shaped who he became and made him go from Richard Ramirez to the Night Stalker. Ramirez was diagnosed with epilepsy, a condition that would affect him for much of his school life. As Ramirez approached his teens, he grew distant to his father and began to look up to his cousin, Mike, a Vietnam veteran who boasted of many atrocities while in service. The cousin kept multiple mementos of his time in Vietnam, and he pulled out this box and showed all of these photographs of the women he was raping or the heads he was cutting off. It was a fascination. It wasn't recoiling in horror. It was like, wow, look what you've done. At the age when his sexuality was being formed, Ramirez was exposed to images of rape, torture, and murder. These individuals are in their fantasy lives from early adolescence, and in some regards, some respects, their fantasy life is more real to them than reality. Their fantasy lives are filled with sadistic aggression where there's a fusion of sex and aggression. I know for a lot of you, a lot of what you're hearing is hard to hear, but this shows the reality of exposure and the importance of us realizing and paying attention to what our children and our youth are being exposed to. Sometimes we don't want the reality to be that it could be people in our families, people that are closest to us that exposes our children to violence and things that 
Richard Ramirez was exposed to. But the reality is that is the case. The case is, is that typically children that are exposed to sexual violence or certain parts of violence, they're being exposed to those things by people close to them, people that you may know. And unfortunately, because the wedge that happened between Ramirez and his father, he turns to someone else who now is exposing him to another level of violence. But the reality is as well is that violence is something that has been within the family. He just unfortunately gets attached to someone that has taken his violence to another level. Now, as a child, as a young man, he's learning and he's hearing these things during a key point of the development of his brain, of his puberty. He's being exposed to all these different things. And unfortunately, it turned into something that was intriguing to him instead of something that he was basically like disgusted by. And again, I keep repeating this over and over again. It does not mean that this is what's going to happen to everybody, but I just want to remind you of the kind of exposures and the kind of people that are around our children. We have to be mindful of it, but we also have to try to remedy and do better as within ourselves to ensure that we get the help that we need as parents, that we get the support that we need as caregivers. So we don't get to a space where we bring children into this world. We aren't healed and we haven't gotten the help that we needed. So unfortunately they run into the arms of someone that we don't even know is going to point them in the right direction because there are plenty of good cases where people turn to other people away from their family members or whoever it is. And they turn to someone who actually raises them and they turn up positive. They turn out to be great people. However, we have heard children who turn and go into gangs and they turn and go into violent circles and now they are becoming violent themselves. So it, it could happen in a way where it works out for the child and it could work out in a way where it does not work out for the child. And in this case of Richard Ramirez, he turned to someone who really exposed him to some things that pretty much shaped who he would become as he developed. Ramirez later claimed that his cousin Mike gave him a front row view of his brutality. He watched this cousin shoot his wife. After a petty argument at their apartment, Mike shot his wife in the face, killing her instantly. And it stuck with him, not in the sense of it was a bad thing, not in the sense that uh, how could you do something so horrendous? I mean, oh my God, being sick to your stomach. He was fascinated. The fantasies of, of those that have committed serial uh, crimes have been very carefully studied by the staff of the FBI Behavioral Science Center over the years. The fantasies start very early in life and oftentimes are a result of uh, some incident that triggers these thoughts. And once the fantasies become sexualized, it becomes extremely dangerous because they start fantasizing about events of rape, torture, mutilation. So we finally identified that Ramirez was exposed to a lot of, of violence, from sexual violence to violence that he saw at home with his father, and even what he was exposed to by seeing someone get killed, he was exposed to a lot. And again, not every child is going to be responsive in the same way that he was, where he became a predatory sexual serial killer and he just became extremely violent. However, 
Some children are affected in a really bad way. It says some children exposed to violence learn to resolve their own conflicts in a violent manner. So they go to, okay, I'm going to solve my conflicts or my issues, not from a manner of let me be diplomatic or talk about it. It's going to be violence because that's what they're used to seeing. Others seem to become desensitized to violence and the pain and the distress of others. And as we hear in the stories and the crimes that Ramirez committed, he was extremely detached and completely desensitized. And he went after these people, I mean, for a strict agenda of him specifically. And instead of people calling him a psychopath, they believe he's a sociopath because a sociopath, their development comes from the experiences that they have. That socio part is pretty much those social interactions. So it's because of the experiences he had is why they said that he might have been more of a sociopath because his experiences shaped who he became. He was a young boy. He seemed to be happy from what his mother said. And then these experiences that he had just started to shape what he ended up becoming, unfortunately. But also children who have long-term exposure to increased violence, they are at risk of behavioral, psychological, and physical problems, academic failure, alcohol and substance abuse, delinquent acts, adult criminality. It says when these children repeat the violence they have experienced, they perpetrate, excuse me, perpetuate a cycle of violence that continue throughout generations. And as you can see, if you think about some people in his generation, they had already been exposed to violence and now they were repeating the cycle. And now, unfortunately, Ramirez took what he was doing to a whole nother level and literally became someone that people feared. He started to stalk and attack people randomly. And it was something that really had the it had the people shook. But again, what if he didn't have that exposure? What if he got the help that he needed? But unfortunately, he's an example of someone that things spiraled out of control. And unfortunately, you can never tell what could happen to a child when they're exposed to so much violence, so much intense violence. You don't know what's going to happen on the other side of who they become as they mature and get into adulthood. So if you're suspecting that a child might be dealing with maltreatment, there are people you can call outside of 911. You can call the state child abuse and neglect reporting numbers, and you can really get that information if you just Google your local child protective service office or law enforcement agency. You can also reach out to the Child Help National Child Abuse Hotline. You can call or text 1-800-4, the number 4, a child, or that's 1-800-422-4453. And they're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They have professional crisis counselors. So even if you have questions, all their calls are confidential. So you can reach out to them for information, referrals in case of an emergency. You can also reach out to the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children. Please Google that. They have tons of information out there and places and things that you can do to support them. But if you're just trying to figure out, like, what do I do immediately if I'm not sure if I'm not ready to call any of these numbers? There are things that you can do just so you can think and collect data. You can first talk to the child. Most children who are being abused find it difficult to talk about or might even don't have anyone in their life they trust. But keeping them and keeping an open and maybe a positive relationship with them, they might feel comfortable to talk to you when they're ready to talk to you. The second thing is keep a diary. Keep noting your concerns and how that child is behaving that may help you identify patterns of behavior. It might not be things that you notice, you notice, 
by just watching it. But if you create a diary, you might start to pick and choose and start noticing that there's some patterns of what's happening, which might also help you if you do decide to reach out and talk to law enforcement or talk to one of these agencies. And these patterns of behaviors connect them to dates and times that you notice these items. Also talk to their teacher. If they're, if you're close to their teacher, maybe talk to them about it or speak to other people, get some other perspectives. But like I said, utilize these resources and talk to the experts who can provide you really good information on what to do. And finally, if you know for sure something's going on, please, please just reach out to one of these agencies. Because again, we have to always realize that this child might finally get the help that they need that might keep them from leaving a trail of destruction or repeating certain behaviors because they never got the help that they needed. Our youth of today are struggling with mental health issues, with confidence issues, and suicide has now become the second leading cause of death of young people. That's why I had to write my book, Trendsetter Seven Steps to Radically Stand Out to Be the Best You, to equip them with the tools that I use to become radically confident. See, in ninth grade, I attempted suicide. I didn't believe in myself, and I felt like my life no longer mattered because I lacked that self-confidence. So now I have given young people the tools that they need to become radically confident, and I need you to grab a copy so you can give it to your children, your students, your mentees, or just give it to someone who you think will need it in case they ever run into a moment where they start to not believe in themselves. Go grab your copy at Amazon.com or go to becomingatrendsetter.com. Again, that is becomingatrendsetter.com. Childhood trauma does not come in one single package, said by Asa Dunn Brown. Deeply traumatic experiences, especially during childhood, can have a deep impact in adult life. They can significantly shape an individual's personality and life choices, which has really made people wonder if there is a connection between childhood abuse and criminal behavior. The reality is that not all abused children become serial killers and not all serial killers are victims of childhood abuse. However, the reality is there is a connection between the two that cannot be dismissed as just coincidence. See, in the case that we just talked about today and in all these examples that you have shown, again, these people aren't the norm. Not everybody is committing these crimes and the violence that's happening doesn't get to this point. But again, I keep on reminding us the what ifs. What if it does get to this point or what if there were things put into place in this person's life where we wouldn't have so many victims, people that passed away because one person didn't get the mental health help that they needed. There were so many things that these people have went through. And again, although they deserve the time that they get, they deserve to be punished for their crimes. I want this to, us to continue to think of what we can do to prevent this from happening again and again. Because it, all it takes is just one, one person to not get the help that they need. And then they go on this spree of pain and trauma that could affect so many other people's lives and touch so many people. So yes, this person might've gotten this stamp of being one of the most heinous serial killers ever, ever to have crossed this nation. 
But what could we have done and what can we do to prevent people that have been through childhood abuse and so much trauma from potentially stopping them from hurting other people's lives? Just think about that. Are you ready to take yourself to the next level, your family to the next level, your business to the next level? Make sure that you're not just listening to me, but you're listening to the entire Speak Fire team. What's up, guys? I'm Aisha Thomas, the host of Internal Fire, and I want to introduce you to the other people that are a part of this Speak Fire squad. Make sure you head over to Leadership Fire and check out Michael G's podcast, Student Fires, hosted by Bobby B., Champions Fire, hosted by Cornelius D., Father's Fire by Jody S., and Young Fire by Sean B. Make sure you like and subscribe to each and every one of those podcasts. And trust me, it'll help you get to the next level. Go check them out now. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I really appreciate all of your support. Make sure you follow me on all social media platforms on at Miss Aisha Speaks. That's M-S-A-I-S-H-A-S-P-E-A-K-S. And don't forget to check out my website, AishaThomas.org. And make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. And while you're there, make sure you leave a dope comment.